righty ho, folks. I'm sorry you have to look at me this week because William is relaxing somewhere in rural Alberta in a cabin. And he said he'd be watching, but he didn't know if he'd had service. So this week I get to host. But here's the good news. I'm not hosting alone. I have number one fan Tim with me, which we'll see in a few moments. Except I had to mute him because he talks too much. And he can't do anything about it because I have him muted. So sucks to be you, Tim. Um, uh, get my notes here. What are we talking about this week? Oh, yes. I bet you can't believe it. COVID and healthcare and Canada and nurses and mandates and all that fun stuff. Um, we're going to get into that. And I apologize in advance. We are going to have a show full of puppy dogs and kittens and maybe little babies because we have to get happier folks because it's getting old but before we do anything let's hear a word from our sponsors the sponsor for this episode is northern truss your one-stop shop for floor systems and for all your truss needs phone the team at northern truss at 250-787-3033 locally owned and operated in fort st john bc Hey there, and thanks for tuning into The Will and Dave Show. I'm Susan, and I don't know about you, but I think that in the whole world, there's nothing as warm and comforting as a handmade quilt. And quilters the world over have wonderful stories to tell. So to showcase their stories, I host a podcast. It's called Measure Twice, Cut Once, and Other Life Lessons Learned from Quilters. You can tune in to the podcast anywhere that podcast apps are whatever your favorite is, or you can find a direct link on my website, stitchedbysusan.com. And now back to the show. Hey, Tim. Hello, David. Uh, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. I'm uh, pretty excited to be on, on again. Like it's almost as if I'm a, a regular here now. <laughs> hey, I had to work with, for you for like forever and a year. I'm going to drag your sh- Sorry, but on this show, every chance I get, because at least, at least <laughs> so one good. of us will have hair and look like they're wise because it's white. <laughs> well, look at that. I tell uh, you, I got okay. the, the yeah. wiseness of, of many here there with my white hair. You are not home. That does not look like your house. You're on the road? I am on the road. I uh, left uh, my, my home abode and left it to my daughter and son-in-law and my three grandchildren. You're brave. I can only imagine what it's going to look like when I get back. But no, I'm in Vancouver, actually, sitting in my hotel room. Oh, right on. Yeah. I heard you ate at a restaurant today. I did. And on our way down uh, from the shoe swap, we stopped in a uh, little town called Hope, BC, where we there. ate at a very quaint little town. And we stopped at a restaurant called Rolly's Restaurant. And you've probably seen them on air quite a bit on global news and in the media quite a bit over the last little while about how they are not checking for vaccine passports. So wife and I, we stopped in, we had a coffee, had a wonderful meal. Um, and like I said, the way I am, I always ask questions wherever I go and, and talking to the owner, um, she was very open, was very appreciative of, of what was going on. Um, I told her that, you know, thank you for being open and not having to check my health pass and disclose my my health information with her. Um, I asked her a little bit about how things are going and the business looked very busy. She says breakfast was just absolutely crazy. They had people lined up out the door. Uh, We were there a little later in the afternoon, 
But uh, overall, she says it's 90% positive uh, people giving, you know, very good yeah. reviews and saying this is wonderful. And 10% are quite angry. And, um, you know, she told me that people from uh, uh, right out of Vancouver are traveling out to her restaurant that have never frequented out there. And a young man from uh, and his family came down from Logan Lake to have a steak dinner. It's uh, it's encouraging to see somebody uh, moving on. Oh, William, William made it on the show. <laughs> oh. You didn't think you're going to get away without that, did you? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Will. Welcome to the show, William. Um, the one thing I forgot in in the uh, yeah the preamble is our content advisory, which I will do now because I know William's watching and I want to make him feel like I am going to carry on his legacy. We will be talking about COVID and all things there related. And if this is a trigger for you, you should go watch a bunch of videos of lots of puppy dogs and cats because this is not the show for you. So with that out of the way, I want to introduce our guests, Arissa and Candace, welcome to the show, guys. I'm going to unmute you because I have you muted. Hello, hello. Hello. Thanks for having us. I don't know that you know what you're in for being on this show because... Well, my dear Dave, bring it on. <laughs> um, why don't you introduce yourselves and let us know what you guys do? You go first, my dear. Okay. Um, my name is Arissa, and I am a long-term carried um, in British Columbia. I've been a long-term carried for 11 years. And I absolutely love my job, and I'm sad to have to leave. And I'm Candice. I have also been in the healthcare industry for 10 years. And like Rissa and many others that you don't hear of, are very sad to lose our jobs. I don't think you should lose your jobs. I want to say that right off the top. I don't think that's necessary. Um, I think all of us on this show are in agreement with that. I think... I think even William's in agreement that you shouldn't lose your job over this. Um, well, we appreciate that. Maybe expand uh, for the listeners that are out there and, and, and maybe enlighten them as, as to reasons why you are losing your jobs. Oh, dear. Um, well, as most of you know, if you don't know, you've been hiding under a rock. Um, the province of British Columbia has mandated that all healthcare workers have the vaccination, the COVID-19 vaccination, or we will face termination. And I am not vaccinated. Neither am I. I'd actually like to add to that. They've said that it can be unpaid pools and or termination. So they haven't quite decided as to what they're exactly going to be doing with us come October 12th. So we're all kind of hanging in a limbo. Are we not already in a bit of a health crisis um, around the province of British Columbia? Can we afford to lose any more nursing or any type of healthcare workers uh, by, by mandating this? I don't believe that we can, no. And it's no news that our healthcare system has been short for years. This is nothing new. Um, no, we can't. Bottom line is we can't afford to lose. Do you have any kind of estimate or anything that you could maybe share with us? What What do you feel like? Have you been talking to other nurses or other colleagues within your, you know, your groups or whatever 
are there going to be many more people that are refusing to to, to stay on and, and looking for other employment? Or is this kind of just a very singular type thing just between you and Arissa? This is definitely a group um, decision, a personal decision, but there's a group of us. Um, where I where we work, there's a 40% population that is in the same boat as ourselves. In other facilities around our city, there is 60% in one particular facility that is also in the same boat and making their own personal choice, unfortunately, having to leave the healthcare system. That's horrible. Have, have you heard of any doctors or anything at this particular point in time that are, are willing to just hang it up because of this as well? Not interprovincial. I've um, seen many recordings on doctors. Actually, I do know of one doctor, and everybody should know of this doctor, um, or at least search him. His name is Dr. Stephen Malthaus. He has resigned as a, a physician, and he has downsized his life. He is located in British Columbia. I'm not exactly sure where, but he is part of um, physicians that are standing on this side of the fence. I'm going to interject here a little bit because I want to get out of the... Uh... I find this depressing. <laughs> this idea that that our nurses and those who are on the front lines of the of this war with the disease, which is real, are being um, not marginalized as much as just are being mandated to do things that they don't agree with. And this is not a part of your education. It isn't like you have to do this in order to have to give an injection or to do a part of your job. This is a part of something. And I think that, that all of us agree that it sucks. It's horrible. It's one of the things I've been looking, I've been reading is this is going across all of Canada now. I mean, I mean, Alberta is doing it now and Manitoba and Saskatchewan is looking at adding it. It's in Ontario or it's in the beginning stage in Ontario. What are your options if this is across Canada, are you, are you going to be janitors at the local Walmart? Like, to tell you options? the truth, we don't know. My option is uh, I have an extensive industrial background. Surprise, not just a healthcare. Um, but that would be what I would be falling upon. My other experience, I've actually just produced my resume and handed it out looking for another full-time job. That is so sad. As for myself, I haven't really thought that far ahead. I, uh, I have five kids at home. Um, I think for the time being, I'm just going to enjoy them right now. And maybe I'll look on to, you know, into something that maybe I can do online from my own home so I can stay home with them. I, honestly, I'm hoping this whole thing just blows over and <laughs> this nightmare ends and we can just go back to work and live life. Here's the thought. We're looking for a new co-host with William. Oh, <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Hired. Might not get long, but <laughs> need something on the other end of that show that I can do nothing. Then you know that's way better. <laughs> but with that said, Dave, I just want to touch on the option thing again. Myself, I have option to seek employment in another industry based on experience. Arissa has the option to stay home with her children because her husband can support that. Now, other people in our position don't have that option. They are being pressured against their own personal beliefs and choices 
into getting this injection. And I have three people on my mind that are my coworkers who were pressured into getting the injection in order to keep their job because they have no other option. They could be single of age close to retirement. They had no choice. So I, I'm very brokenhearted feeling as, as strongly as I do about my own choice. I can feel for them in that circumstance, having the same choice as my own, but not being allowed to make that decision. Well, and, and this is this is the thing that I wanted to just bring in is that it's a, and I, I brought this up a little bit earlier, you know, yesterday when we were speaking a little bit is that we live in Canada. It's a free country, presumably. And mm -hmm. I don't want to disclose my, like, one of the, th disclosing your health with everybody else is, is, is wrong, let alone having to go into a restaurant to have a hamburger is just inexcusable, in my opinion. It's the governmental overreach is, is, the, is the problem here more than anything. Mm -hmm. I agree. In regards to that, as I know, I can hear it already on the other side as they're saying, well, I don't want a person who's working on me in a hospital or any or any sort of care facility to not be vaccinated as that's not safe. For all of us who are on the other side of that argument, I don't think really any of us are anti-vax or anti-mask or anti-anything. All we are is we want to be able to choose. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Pro-choice. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is, again, I know just to touch a little bit on um, the group that Candace and I started on Facebook, um, the freedom of choice for all BC healthcare workers and their supporters. The reason we started that had absolutely nothing to do with being mandated. Uh, it had started out that we wanted a choice in testing methods at our place of work. That is all we wanted. We wanted to be able to choose which method we could be tested for COVID by because now we're being told that every shift we have to be tested. Well, I'm sorry, and I don't know about the rest of you, but I do not want a swab shoved up my nasal cavity five days a week because that's what I work. I work five days a week where I work. It ain't happening. And so we started the Facebook group. Um, for other healthcare workers because we thought that we should have a choice and then it blew up overnight and then it we got mandated and now it's blown up even more we've actually been censored to tell you the truth yeah we've been censored yeah go so figure I, hey yeah wow so i want to go back to censoring there are nine folks watching and the only one who's asked who's saying anything is William. And we really do not want to hear from William all night long because <laughs> I have do. to put up with we him every week. <laughs> so, so the other eight of you, we want you to chime in because I'm going to throw his comments up on the screen and we're going to laugh at him and make fun of him. But we really want to hear from other people. His first that I'll throw up here is free is relative. Yeah, there are rules that we need to abide by as a society. I'm going to play a little bit of the devil's advocate, as I think he's right. There are rules, but one of those rules is the privacy of our medical information. So let me bring that little tidbit up. And I, I brought this up to Will last time, and this really gets under my skin a little bit. And I, I get pretty emotional or heated about this as um, 
I was the executor of both my parents and, and when my mother was in, in, um, in hospice, I tried to get to understand what type of medication she was on. I wanted to know what the treatments were going to be placed upon her. I wanted to know a little bit more about what I could do perhaps to, to assist her. Uh, in order to obtain that type of information, there's a doctor privacy or a healthcare privacy uh, protocol that I was unable, even as her, her son, her only son, to understand what was given to her. The only way that it was going to be provided to me, and it was spelled out very clearly, is that I had to have a POA, a power of attorney, to able to understand, to show what type of medication or what type of treatment she was having. Now, that doesn't seem right, as in the last days of her her life that I had to obtain that type of uh, power of attorney of her for get medical attention or medical advice for her. Yet now I have to go in and I have to disclose my medical ad- advice to a, and I, and I don't mean to be derogatory on this, but to a 19-year-old waiter or waitress at the front door and let them know that I'm, I'm vaccinated or not vaccinated. Like I, both the lady said, I'm not pro-vaccination, I'm not anti-vaccination. And what William just said there kind of gets to me because the biggest one that I always hear back is, well, freedom is a, you know, is a relative term. What about when, uh, when seatbelts were mandated to come in? That's a little bit different, putting a seatbelt on. I'm not injecting a drug into my body that I really have no knowledge upon versus putting a seatbelt on to drive my car down the street. I get it, Will, but that to me is, is, is not even an argument. Um, there was one thing I was going to mention about freedom being relative. So I don't know if anybody who's viewing knows we are um, active members in protesting. Now, we said before, we're not anti-vax. We're not anti-mask. We are pro-choice. And that's what we protest is the freedom of choice. And there's one thing that is constantly being yelled in the speakerphone of a certain individual that shows up and and supports us. And he says that freedom is not free. It has always been fought for. And we've had multiple military personnel, including one man that stands with us every single Saturday who fought for our freedom. And I absolutely 100% agree with that. Freedom is to be fought for. And I think that that's what we're doing right now. I find it incredibly sad that um, people forget that. People forget that our grandfathers and our great-grandfathers, that they fought for our freedom. And I know my grandfather would be rolling over in his grave right now. And I am very proud to say that I stand out there every Saturday and I protest and I stand up for my freedom, for your freedom, for my kids' freedom, for everyone's freedom. I, you know what, people call us selfish all the time. How am I selfish when I'm doing this for you guys as well? Thank you for bringing that up. Like, I, I really think that's a very valid point that you, you brought up about our, our forefathers, you know, fighting for freedom. And Dave, can you pop that up again about what Will just uh, stated there? I don't think this is the right way, but people need it. Why? What he's saying why, is, why, why? Like, he thinks they need the vaccine. And, and that is a, we don't want to get into that as we'll be here all night. I, I think that our, that our issue is, is if we're made to take it. 
So mm-hmm. let me bring up a little article here. I was watching Global News earlier this afternoon or this evening. That's your first mistake. Well, true, <laughs> mainstream media. But what came up is that this individual is, and it's not just one person, it's starting to be a bit of a, a roller coaster, it's starting to balloon out, is that he is unable to vote in the election on Monday morning or Monday for the federal election because he had tested positive. Now, he was doing a, a call into to uh, Global News or whatever. He looked as healthy as you or I do, yet he tested positive and he is unable because he's being quarantined at home. Elections Canada will not allow him to vote in the election. What kind of freedom is that? Are you not allowed? Uh, sorry, I, I've, I've never done this before. Is there not an option to vote online? It's passed. Oh, it's already passed. Oh, okay. And the mail-in ballot, is he able to do that? Not anymore. It's That deadline is passed. So this gentleman... <laughs> And then they brought in another lady out of Alberta. Her entire family tested positive for COVID, and she is unable to to vote in the election as well. And like she said, too, there's how many people are in the same situation. There could be hundreds, could be thousands. Who knows? And yet Elections Canada will not allow any kind of voting to take place. So I want to play a little bit of the devil's advocate on that as William's not here. So I think I need to. The... So if you go out this afternoon and you get and you are out on your ATV and you break your leg, you can't vote on Monday as you're going to be in the hospital and they're not going to. And so there is a little bit of an argument that says if you're sick, you shouldn't go vote. If you have the flu, you shouldn't go to the polling station. And if you have COVID, you probably shouldn't go to the polling station. I get that. It's one of the cracks that I think they fall through. But you know what? Society, society is lacking a lot of common sense right now, unfortunately. Yes. I, I wouldn't say that they lack common sense, and, and don't take that offensively. I don't think that they lack common sense. I think that their common sense is being overrun by pushed information one-sided. You're and right. and yes. to, to slightly answer Will's question, our issue is... Being in the healthcare industry, and I'll briefly touch on the past, when I first started, I was, it was 2009, it was a recommendation to receive the flu shot in order to go through with my career. I took the flu shot. I was sick for two weeks, and after that I decided I don't need that in order to get through the flu. I have a natural immune system. I was very young when I started, 19 years old. So at that age, our immune systems are very strong. They can attack and kill a virus without the help of a vaccinations. And that's why I'm not anti-vax. I do believe that there is a certain age um, that our immune systems become slower and we need that added help. So I can see where somebody's choice might be go to get the vaccination or in this case an injection um, to, to assist in that immune system. And I lost track a little bit and I forgot what I was going to say. So maybe it'll come back to me. I'm going to read through Will's questions here and say, oh, to save lives from COVID. Okay, so that's why he believes we should be getting the the COVID-19 injection. I appreciate that. But now you have to think about what I just said about our immune systems at a certain age. Now we're talking about 12-year-old children who are being told they require this injection to go to school to protect the rest of the children or themselves or their family members. At 12 years old, your immune system is amazing. You do not need an injection 
to make it stronger, to protect yourself from this particular virus. And I'm not saying that COVID is not real. I've worked an outbreak. I've, I've worked two outbreaks. And the first outbreak, I was unvaccinated. The second outbreak, I'm unvaccinated. And that's by choice. I utilize my PPE to protect myself in those circumstances. And I go home to my loved ones, not worried that my trained ability is putting anybody at risk. I a hundred percent agree with what she just said. I was going to say the same thing. Um, like I said, we've been doing this for 10, 11 years. We've worked through many outbreaks, um, the Norwalk virus, you know, just to name one, we were properly trained on how to wear and remove PPE. So I have never once brought any virus home to my family. I have five kids. I, I wash, like they said in the beginning of this whole pandemic, wash your hands, it could save lives. Wash your hands, wear your mask, you know, why is all that out the window now? Yeah, you tell me. Mm -hmm. There is a lot to be there's a lot to be chewed on in what you just what you laid out, Candace. I think that the the mortality rate in the under nineteen is so low it to be almost it's almost zero. The mortality rate in under the fifty range, uh, the fifty four or whatever other break is almost zero. Mm-hmm. It's over. It's in the upper ages, which which it's bad. And I realize with the the new variants, et cetera, you're going to get a little bit more. But it's it's just, and I don't want to get into into the COVID bit as it. We can we can argue that with with our coworkers all day long. I th- we can argue it with anybody really. It's been yeah, social re- and social divide for everybody yeah. lately, families included. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I have a son who doesn't agree with me. <laughs> what what does this how how can I say it? Again, I'm watching the news and there was a, a COVID outbreak at long-term healthcare facilities in the lower mainland here. How how does that happen if you were fully vaccinated in these health cares and there were six people that passed away in this one health facility? Enlighten me. How do, how does this work? Like and you, like you stated a little bit, is that the your immune system is is depleted as you get older, and I understand that very well. And that's why we're giving this COVID vaccine. We're given the first shot. We're given a second shot, and now possibly a third booster shot or whatever. Is that Use not the we to, loosely, Tim? <laughs> but aren't isn't that how we're supposed to combat this disease? Why are these people in these long term health facilities, and you know these? what do you call them, um, seniors' homes, still passing away because of this. Can, I just want to quickly just quick. I know Candace is, is chomping at the bit to answer this, but let me just quickly say something. <laughs> because number one, think of why these people are in this long-term care facility to begin with. Mm-hmm. They are at the end of their life. They are there because we are keeping them comfortable until it is their time to go. And I'm sorry, that is the reality of our job. Um, So number one, they are already there at the end of life. And number two, they have so many underlying conditions, heart disease, diabetes, things that will contribute to a weakened immune system already. Go ahead. So Tim, remind me, so you, you asked how we 
if, if, we're, if they're receiving the vaccination, why are they still coming down with COVID? So without going down a rabbit hole, which Dave had mentioned, it's very <laughs> easy for any of us to do, especially on a one-sided biased opinion. And I will admit that I have a biased opinion of the COVID-19 injection. And my belief stems from research. So I was listening to a doctor speak about something I was interested in, in learning. And he said something that really stuck with me. He says, if you do not search for it, you will not find it. And that's my advice to people. If they want information to understand why people who are getting double injections of the COVID-19 and still coming down with COVID, they should search it and they, they will find answers. And we, myself and Arissa, through our support group and, and through our 7,800 followers that we have, we all communicate and share information. And of course we fact check to make sure that our, our information is as 100% accurate as we could possibly make it. Of course, we're gonna find things that aren't quite accurate. But I don't think that we should disregard the professionalism or the people in professions such as doctors or virologists or scientists who are involved 100% in the making of these injections coming forward with information that could potentially save somebody's life. And I, I say that very lightly. I don't mean to offend anybody's opinion on the other side of the fence, William. <laughs> um, they're not disclosing that information to the public. Tim, what you've, you've mentioned to us multiple times tonight is that you watch the news. Now on the news, you don't hear of this side of the COVID-19 injection information. You hear of the unvaccinated being a threat or the protests outside the hospital, how demoralizing they are to the people who are actually working in the hospital and giving the COVID-19 injection to people in order to save their lives. I think that it's been masked to a point where nobody knows what to do. Nobody knows. Everybody's pressured. They're pushed in certain directions. They're sad because their family won't talk to them or they're losing friendships or they can't go out into the community if they don't receive this. So out of fear tactics and propaganda and the re repetition of information on the one side, yes, of course, that's going to push people into a certain decision. And it's definitely going to make a larger population of like mind. I talk a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. wonderful. I think it was great. I'd rather have you guys talk to me and Tim any day. It, so one of the reasons you're on this show is your Facebook group. I, I got a note from Tim, actually. He said, hey, have you heard about these nurses? As he knew that my daughter was a nurse. And he, I joined the group. I called myself a health professional. And then I, I instantly messaged and said, hey, I'm not really. You can kick me out if you want. Uh, I'm not really. <laughs> and I said, that's okay. We'll keep you as long as you support us. <laughs> yes. And it's one of the, is there, are these groups on Facebook? They're popping up and saying, hold Rapidly on a minute. All over. There's a problem here. And why did you begin the group? And what was your hope for what it would accomplish? Um, so basically, the reason we started the group was because 
Candice and I, like we talked about before, are um, just two of many of the healthcare workers that work where we work that are unvaccinated and have very strong opinions about staying that way. Um, So we knew that there had to be more. There's got to be more of us out there, um, whether or not people were afraid to come out. We just wanted to give them a platform where they could feel comfortable Mm -hmm. and a safe place to discuss what is going on in the world right now. And we wanted them to know that we support them no matter what their choice is. Please let me clear that up. I do not care if you are vaccinated or unvaccinated. That's not that's not my choice. It's your choice. You've done whatever is um, important to you or whatever's best for your family. And I've always stated that um, we are here because we believe in pro-choice. We believe that we should not be pressured to do something with our own body to keep our job. And it's pretty much as simple as that. And we knew that if we came out and um, let other people know that, hey, we're healthcare professionals, there's got to be more of you out there. You are not alone. And I tell people that every day. People will, will message me. They're very upset. You know, I feel alone. And I'm like, hey, you are not alone. No, not at all. 7,800 people. You're definitely not alone. There's only two of us sitting in front of you right now, but there's a whole ton of us out there. So on that note, I want to say that it just amazes me the the uh, the goodwill and support in the groups for each other. In the one group for for BC, it gets at one hundred forty thousand members. Yeah, it's incredible. Like almost everything is positive, and I just it's so amazing that there's a lot of goodwill in people. There really is. And, and like you said, like why did we start that? And Sean made a good point. I'm going to drag Sean into it. I don't remember his last name, so I apologize, Sean. But your group that you started for the BC businesses, you absolutely 100% nailed it on the head as to why that group was created. That is exactly why we've done it. And there was a a segment there where he mentioned it it was partially because of being together, unity and pro-medical choice. And for us, that's what it boils down to. I just don't understand why we're seeing such a division um, and the government pushing so hard to get this. It's almost like a reverse psychology for me at this particular point in time is that they're pushing almost too hard. We're we're seeing throughout Canada and the United States even where there's lotteries that are given out, million-dollar prizes. Uh, I think it was even in in Washington you could get a free joint or something, wasn't it, David? I I don't know if you (laughs) Seriously, you'll be happy after. You don't think about what you just put in your body. Just have a joint. Chill out. It's, it's simple to people. It's simple. Oh, well, shit. I get the flu shot every year. This isn't any different. I'm going to go do this and I get a free case of beer. I mean, how easy does that sound? Why are we bribing people? Why Thank are you. we bribing people to take a vaccination? Why? So, William, I will well, save you from having to type this out because I know he's he he's texting swiftly on his phone. I'll <laughs> I did read that. Well, I can hear him that you swiftly. put up. I don't agree with you, Will, except I'm going to say what I know you would say is that if it saves lives, we need to do it. So that is why I, they're bribing people. Is and it well, saving lives, though? 
See, and that's where I would kindly ask William to do his research. Because if you look for it, you will find it. So if you believe that this injection is saving lives and that you believe that the unvaccinated are putting those people at risk, then do your research and present the facts. And I will gladly bow to you, sir. But unfortunately, um, I've done a significant amount of research. I mean, I could drag the show on into midnight <laughs> if you really feel like it. And I could give you names of professionals that can answer those questions for you. And I, I, I would rather them say it than me say it in my own words. I would rather them tell you. So by all means, after the show, if you feel like messaging your your good old dad there, he can let us know what kind of questions you want answered and we will provide that information for you. That is a very sticky, sticky conversation because we are pro-choice. We don't want to push our information based on our own choices on other people. We want them to come to us and ask them, hey, you know, I'm a little bit weary about getting it, or I got it and I'm experiencing this, what do you think about it? And then that's when we'll provide information that can guide them through why we might think that it's not a wise decision. Everybody is entitled to an informed, educated, I mean, be informed, be educated, make a choice. Mm -hmm. Whether or not that's to be vaccinated or not vaccinated, that's totally up to you. But I am hoping that people will open their eyes a little bit more and do the research because it's this COVID-19 vaccination is not saving lives. It's taking Well, and you them brought it up very good there is that to become educated and ask questions. I thought that's the way the, the way it worked is that if you're unsure of something, you ask somebody for questions. And so many people are willing to just go ahead and get the vaccination because what they see on CNN or the global news or CBC, the, the mainstream media is telling people to go get it without having to ask any questions. And that's where mm -hmm. I come into and, and start to ask questions. Like you stated earlier, why are we being bribed to, to take this this medication or this this uh, this vaccination? It just seems a little odd to me. And and Dave, you can bring it up or even William is a, now we're going to get into the conspiracy here again. But I don't oh, believe no, a conspiracy not. theorist is were wrong people bribed to take the polio vaccine? No, and that's what I was, or chicken pox or whatever it was. Right. No. Yeah. People were not bribed to take other vaccines that I can ever remember. Like I've not been alive for ever, but I don't recall ever having to be bribed to take my children for their annual, well, not annual, sorry, their um, immunizations. The information on the internet, it is not a bunch of nobodies. It actually is doctors and virologists and people who who do know, and when they argue with uh, the government officials... They're discredited. Yes, and there is no acceptance of anybody who has a difference of opinion. And I think we're seeing it, it in the nurses and the doctors who, who are standing up and saying, I want to have a choice. There's no voice for them. And I think that that is the shame, is that if, is if it's not in the narrative, if it doesn't fit the... the the yeah the boundaries of the narrative we throw it away and i don't like that as there is some good information on the internet mm -hmm. it isn't all good and wikipedia is not a good source a lot of times no, no. people are being censored and it's sad. it's the sad reality of the world right now people that speak the truth know the truth uh, they're 
they're being censored and so why the censorship there's there's a million dollar question uh, my belief is the censorship is because they are on this side of the fence and they're disclosing the information that they know. So to touch on that meme, that's insinuating that everyday normal person, like Dave mentioned, goes on Wikipedia and says, look, I found something the doctors have missed. Well, my information is from doctors, is from scientists, is from the world leading virologists who has disclosed information about the research and studies on, on this that has helped me make my choice and helped us in this group make our choices. So the information is out there. It just stems right back to what I said earlier. If you do not look for it, you will not find it because they're not allowing it on the global news or CNN or CTV, those big news airs that we hear about the other side of the fence. And that stems into what Arissa said, educate yourself, become informed, and then make your decision. And that's not what's happening. What's happening is they are informing us. There is no information or education from both sides of the fence, which there always should be in any, any choice made, especially when it comes to your own body and, and medical choices. So one of our support our slogans for the group is support each other, love each other, and always ask questions. And that's what we do. We always ask questions. And if, if they don't answer it for us, we go searching for our own answers. And it's unfortunate because our belief is if we are entitled to free choice as Canadians and and you know, we'll touch on the charter of rights, etc. those kinds of things that have been instilled for years and years and years. If we are allowed to make our own choices, especially on medical choices that could potentially threaten our lives or our children or our families, we should be given all of the information. All of it. All of it. And, and, and people we, aren't being given all of it. And then we can make the best choice for ourselves. But... For other people to sit there and tell us that we're selfish mm -hmm. for not getting the vaccine or we're endangering the other people. But how how comfortable are you in that vaccine mm -hmm. if you have to worry about us that are unvaccinated? That is my question. Oh, I love that. That's because that's that's the that's the question that I get asked all the time. Like it's it's the truth. Like, you know. There's a meme out there, Dave, and maybe you can pop that one up. I know you were going to I'll pop it up it, here yeah, earlier. For it. And when Dave sent me this meme, I, I had to read it two or three times to actually understand what it said, but it, it's really, really good. Because if you're vaccinated, then why do I have to be? Like, if, if you want to protect yourself, if, that's, if, that makes, if that floats your boat, then go for it. This is a good one. Read this. The protected need to be protected from the unprotected by forcing the unprotected to use the protection that did <laughs> Bravo. Yes. Um, again, like, you know, and I know this isn't, I've had numerous conversations with people and they state that this is not the same, but I take my children to get their immunizations, for instance, chicken pox. Now, the reason I get the immunization against chicken pox is so that when I take my child around other children who may be infected with the chicken pox, my child is at a less 
is less likely to get chicken pox, right? Is that not how a vaccine is supposed to work? So, I mean, these people do not need to be afraid. Um, if they believe in science and they believe that the vaccine works, they do not need to be afraid of the unvaccinated. So I kind of want to scale this back a little bit because I think we're getting into the weeds of if we should vaccinate or shouldn't. And I don't want to get into that because it's so opinionated. Yeah, yes. of course. Agreed. Yes. So in, in our, so the other night, in, again, our, in our pre-meeting, we talked about the, the, uh, the lack of trust mm-hmm. in the officials. And I wanted to touch on that a little bit as I think it's one of the arguments I have with William is I don't trust the government. Hmm. I look at Bonnie Henry. I have less trust now than I ever have in my entire life of the government. Absolutely. I, you know, I, I've never cared much in the past years to go and vote. Um, this year was really important for me. This year, I, I felt the need that I needed to absolutely vote because if I didn't vote, then I had no right to complain about our government. Exactly. I agree. 100%. I, sorry, Tim. No, that's what I've always said. Like, th- like I'd go for coffee with somebody and they'd bitch and complain and bark about the government or whatever. I'd go, did you vote? No. Well, then you have no right to even yeah. discuss what we're, we're talking about here. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. And last time I voted, I was 18 years old. So like Arissa said, this year was very important for myself. I, I registered and I voted so that I had the yeah. right to complain. My opinion can be heard now. And the other one we touched on in the, in the pre-chat here the other night was on the symptoms. And what is, if somebody is experiencing a cough, what are the odds of them actually having COVID? Hmm. Can I and just get, quickly say something? Because this is yeah. just like, it's, it's kind of irking me. Okay. <laughs> in the last 18 months that COVID has been around, where have all the other colds and influenza gone? Like, they're, they're where cured. have they gone? Because every year at this time, particularly, and in the spring, I always fell to the common cold or whatever you want to call it. Um, but heck, you can't tell anyone that you have a snivel or a cough now because you automatically might have COVID. God forbid you sneeze in public. So I <laughs> want to know where did the common cold go to? Where did influenza A, influenza B, where did they go? Everything is just COVID now. So I want to say, I just have to interject this because it, it sort of it comes to light in this. In the old days, if you had to fart, you coughed to cover a fart. Now it's the exact opposite. You just hold it in, Dave. You fart to cover a cough because it's more socially acceptable anymore. And yes. Like every morning I wake up, I blow my nose. Like I, th- I think it's a part of being old. I know, I know that Tim does because look at it. But it's one of the things that... That honestly, on that list of COVID, it, it's one of the things on the list. Well, so heaven forbid you have a seasonal allergy. Like, I, I sneezed and I sneezed. I, I'm, I kid you not, probably six or seven months ago, um, had a mask on. I was shopping in Costco and I sneezed and this lady gave me the dirtiest look. The dirtiest look. And I looked at her and I said, oh, sweetheart. I said, don't worry. I don't have COVID. I said, I just highly am allergic to everything that's blooming in the air right now. Like it's true. If I it was you, say I'm allergic to BS, and that's what and that's what. <laughs> I didn't the want to get into it. The paranoia is absolutely running rampant. 
paranoia is, is paramount right now throughout society. Yes. Yes. And, you know, I, we've even found that, you know, you go shopping, like nobody talks, nobody chit chats, nobody does anything. It's like people are, you know, socializing with people has gone out the window. Like it's just unbelievable has what has occurred here in the past 18 months. And then you can talk about the mental aspect and, and mental health, what this is doing to, to our children. Like it's, it's absolutely horrid on how they're being segregated. Uh, you know, the way they have to be, um, I guess almost corralled and, and they can't do this and they have to put the mask on and they, you know, I, I think we're going to have a pandemic of mental issues in years to come past this. I believe we're creating a lot of psychological problems for our children right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've actually sent an email to my son's school. My son started high school this year and I sent an email to his school and I said, listen, I said, my son has been through enough the last 18 months from this pandemic. Um, he is not wearing a mask. If you have any problems, you can call me. And unfortunately, my son's in grade eight and it's a really hard year to fit in. So he doesn't want to not wear a mask. But I've told him, I said, listen, I said, it is not the law. You do not need to wear a mask. And I have told your school that you will not wear a mask. And if they have a problem with it, they can call me. We are creating so many more problems than we need to be creating. And I will pick my battles and that is one of them. Hey, let me, how do you make friends when you can't see somebody's face. Well, it's huge. I mean, I look totally different without that covering on my face. Imagine what those children are experiencing, not knowing what each other are actually looking like. Well, you know what the best part about it is, though, is underneath the mask, I've mouthed some pretty expletive words to a few people. (laughs) I agree. I agree. Don't don't get me wrong. I agree. I can't stick your tongue out at people. I can't (laughs) say what I want to say now anymore. Um, Just a few days ago, I'm just going to quickly say this. I went to Winners with my two and a half year old daughter. And I, before I got there, I was like, I'm not going to wear a mask. So I walked into Winners. And of course, they have the lady at the front with the mask and the tongs. And she went to get me a mask. And I said, don't bother, sweetheart. I can't wear one. But thank you anyways. And I kept walking. And she said, okay, have a nice day. But I felt so good. I felt so good to walk in there and know I'm, first of all, I'm not sick, so I'm not gonna get anybody sick. But I just, I walked in, I said, no, I'm good. I don't need a mask. Thank you, have a nice day. I was polite, I'm not rude. Um, And I didn't have any manager come up to me and say, I'm sorry, you can't shop here. But I think people are starting to realize a little bit more now that it's not the law. I have a family member that, uh does this all the time and uh just has never yet been kicked out of any place and he's just no i'm not doing it and good for good for him good for them absolutely good for them and and i'm like i said i'm trying to raise strong minded children that you know think for themselves Yes. yes, and my my daughter's two and a half and my youngest is a year and a half and they know nothing but people walking around like this. I know. Isn't that horrible? They, they take the masks off or they see someone without a mask and they're like, huh, but I didn't want that for them. So I, I told, you know, I just said, I'm not going to wear a mask anymore. And if someone asks me to leave, I won't create an issue or a problem. I'll just 
I'll kindly say, do I need to remind you about the law? And <laughs> if they want me to leave, I'll leave. I'm not going to create a problem or get myself arrested with my children there. But <laughs> I think that it's time that you we're hard her with her children there. So without her children, watch <laughs> out. I think that it's time that the majority of us that don't believe what's going on, uh, I, th I think that we need to stop. Stop testing for COVID. Stop wearing a mask. Stop being afraid. That's a great question. Let's talk about the difference between mandates and law. I don't know that we're the right individuals to do that. I'll have to have no, a lawyer on. No, I agree. And thank you for your question, Sonia, but I'm sorry. It would be very, uh, very wrong of me to try to answer that. And Brad, I want to say to you, Brad, that, that I know you well. You should not be allowed in Costco. They should allow your wife in Costco. <laughs> Um, you know, what I have to say about that is um, you should challenge them and say it's discrimination. So you can actually put in a complaint against that business. And I heard I mean, a little I story about that. Is um, There's a little bit of a backstory on that one that I can state is that because it's private property, though they can institute any type of anything that they want to do. Oh. Like it's like, you know, you go into a, um, I don't know, like a, a gas station or whatever. And they say that you have to stand on your head in order to get gas. And they can do that because it's private property. It's like you come into my house, you can't wear your shoes. That was the story that I heard is that they have to, because of private property and private businesses that can do whatever they want. Mm -hmm. So if that's I've the stayed case, at your home and when I come to your home, you make me wash the sheets. I'm wearing my <laughs> shoes in the house next time. And Brad, I do want to touch on this. There's a lot of people losing their jobs over the vaccination. And that is... I'm sorry for those people as well. Yeah, and that is the rub. And that's the reason for this conversation is we have to really have to speak up and we have to vote. Have to vote for reasons and not for hair color or for skin <laughs> color. We have to vote... We have to vote for reasons. When you go to the polls, learn about the policies of the people that we're voting in. It is important. You know, I think in Canada, you guys are up against a rock and hard place. As O'Toole is not really a great choice either. But we touched briefly on the subject of splitting votes. So I think that, and... Of course, I haven't voted in such a long time. I, this might not be correct. But I think that splitting votes will not help the end result with how close the two top are. Exactly. I think that we need to choose between the best of both evils. And without saying anything, I'm sure everybody knows who the worst evil is. I think that For it's you, that William, it's Jagmeet Singh is the worst. I just want to... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. It's, it's really hard. I mean, I mean, I'm a fan of the PPC. I really am. And I don't think that they're going to get there. And there is a piece of me that says, you know, if there's ever going to be election and now that you lose for the growth of a party, it would be this one. But it's so close that it's who wants another year and a half or two or four years of the guy who's there now, you know, oh. and that's that's the hard part. That is the hard part, mm. definitely, definitely. And and just like the vaccination and the unvaccination, which 
party you vote for is a very hard conversation to have any with anybody. I mean, I don't have conversations with my family about political opinions because it, it can go on forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> I hate politics. Hate, I hate it. I never followed it until this year. And then I was like, whoa. Well, let's put it this way. Because I haven't voted in such a long time, I've actually taken the time to, I educate myself on both sides of the fence. So William, I'll let you know that. I do know your side of the fence as well as my own. I have watched all of the debates I can possibly attend on my television. And I've had to pause it numerous times to swear and yell and scream my profanities and then unpause so that I can continue to watch so that I am educated. <laughs> I'm just so happy that that you do that, as I think a lot of people do not. They hear the sound bites and they hear uh, the you know go the clip on Global or on CBC, etc. And it's not the full story. No, no. And I think it and is that important. Is perfect. Today. I'm glad you said that because that is what's happening with the information we're being provided about COVID-19. It's one-sided. Absolutely. So do your research, people. Get the information. If you want it, come to me and Arissa. We have so much information to enlighten you, to help you make an educated choice. And like we've said before, we're not about to judge you or push you to the wayside because you've chosen what we haven't chosen. It's just unfortunate that um, personally, I've no, I know of a, a gentleman that was a good friend of our family that had passed away five days after getting his second, his second jab, and um, no underlying conditions. Perfectly healthy. He was at work, um, worked in a warehouse, um, dropped dead of a heart attack. And people don't talk about that kind of stuff. People don't talk about the ones that they know that have died because of this. Um, but I do personally know people who have. And, and if you think that I'm ignorant because I, I, I'm not vaccinated, then... Then you don't have trust in the vaccine you're taking. Simple as that. If you believe just, that vaccinations protect you, and, and like we've said before, we're not anti-vax. I got my flu shot a long time ago. I believed it protected me even though I got sick. I mean, I didn't worry about the people who were unvaccinated around me because I believed that that particular vaccination that I took was protecting me. So if you don't trust it, you should ask questions. Why don't you trust what you're putting into your body? Well, like we said about that uh, farm, that pharmacist last night with the information pamphlet. Um, oh, yes, that was beautiful. The information pamphlet that she had opened a unopened vaccine box and took out the information pamphlet, which you, every medication that you ever get from the pharmacy or your doctor will have a pamphlet. Which is by law. That states the ingredients, the side effects, yada, yada, yada. It was empty. It was blank. It was completely blank. And she opened a brand new vaccine box from her pharmacy where she works at and took out that pamphlet. And she said, this is why people are afraid and asking questions. This is why they don't want to get the vaccine because we strict, we just don't have enough information. And that's wow. a simple question to ask. I mean, all we're asking for is the information to let us make our own choice. So, William, I know on the couch right beside you is a pharmacist. 
would you ask her if that has happened to her as well? As I know she's sitting right beside you. So ask her if she has read the information sheet on the vaccine things, bottles, whatever they come in, vials. Do you have any suspense music, Dave? I don't. Yeah. (laughs) I just hope he's still listening. (laughs) We haven't pissed him off enough to chase him away. I notice his comments have kind of just dwindled off. (laughs) <laughs> it's Brad now. We have number two fan Brad in. So Oh, I see. Hi, Brad. Yeah. It's one of the things, like, I want to go back a little bit, is you were worried about losing a little bit of credibility. The fact that you're on the Will and Dave show, you've lost all credibility. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We did our research before. <laughs> yeah. it, it's one of the things that, I should have said this at the beginning. I want to say it again. I know nothing. I, I know, know Tim. He knows nothing. <laughs> we have guests on who know things. And so so our opinions mean absolutely zero. Hopefully our guests who we are on it, and I know in this case, they do know a lot more than us. And so research, research what they have said, search it out, and then argue after you've read mm-hmm. a little bit about it. It's not, it's not about who's right, who's wrong. It's not about if you should get vaccinated or not. I got the vaccine as I wanted to go to Canada and visit my granddaughter. It's a, there are reasons. I got the Johnson Johnson one as I didn't want the two shots. So, so this is very interesting. And I don't know if we want to go into this a whole lot because we could be here all day. I did just read that. Yeah. There's a lot of information. Brandon. Yeah. So Brad or Brad? Brad, Brandon, Brad. Brad. Brad, Brad, I'm sorry, Brad. Um, so I'm going to say a few doctors' names on here because these doctors have disclosed themselves to provide information for people before we even knew what was going on. We have Dr. Stephen Malthaus from British Columbia. We have Dr. Mark Trozzi from Ontario. We have Dr. Patrick Phillips, who's also from Ontario. Now, those are three doctors that I know for sure that have information that they can provide to people about what this is doing to individuals who are receiving it. And I can't speak for them. I do know that they have information hubs. So if you were to search their names, they will come up with information that you can research yourself and come to your own conclusions. We will add Give their names, send the links in the comments. You're muted, the Dave. Oh, uh oh, That was very David interesting. We will add their names and links in the game. Yeah, I'd love to have that, to be honest. Uh, shoot, with in you. the comments after the show, yeah. Research. We will add that. Here's a good one uh, from Sonia, which I, I think all of us, we asked early on about this one. Doctors in the day would say it's a virus. You have to let it run its course. No antibiotics, fluids, resting. Absolutely. I 100% agree. Um, I'm old school. Mm -hmm. Uh, Drink your fluids, get your rest, take your vitamin C, take your vitamin D, eat your greens, get your exercise. You know, like I believe that our immune systems were built to withstand a virus like this. I think that we need to rely on it. I think that we need to trust it. Brad touches on a, a a fact there that yes, thank you. I agree with that. 
100%. And Dr. Mark Trozzi also agrees with that. He has a show or a video that has been recorded, um, not necessarily by a very largely recognized news feed, not one that I... Will and Dave show? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) much bigger. (laughs) But he he, he also says that. And, and if I may, Mr. Trozzi, if you are eventually going to see this, I would like to say something that he has said, that he was prepared as in an emergency doctor of 25 plus years. He was prepared by what they told him, 10 to 20% of the population was going to pass. And he prepared himself for that. He put himself on the front lines and what he's seen was what was not what they were telling us. He mentions that what he's seen statistically is that the deaths each year did not increase when COVID came to us, when COVID started to spread. The deaths did not change. He said if they did, it was marginally. And everything else was converted to a COVID-19 death, heart attacks, strokes, all kinds of things. So we didn't see the death total, um, which is apparently provided to us. I haven't actually done that far into research, looking at the statistics and breakdown of where the deaths are allotted per year. But what he has said is that those deaths that are allotted each year were nowhere. It was all COVID. Yeah. So I actually, just to quickly touch on that, um, I have a very good friend of mine whose relative uh, worked for the coroner doing autopsies here in British Columbia. And um, she said in her 35, 30, 35 years of working, she has never seen it where nobody came through that had died of a heart attack or cancer or old age, any natural causes. Everybody was already tagged when they came through as having been passed from COVID. Wow. Yeah. Let's be careful with where we go with this as I think is at the end of the day, I don't want, want the eight people who watch this to forward it <laughs> on to somebody who's going to cost you a job or, well, I mean, we're already being cost a job. <laughs> well, I know that, except it's not my fault. I don't want. It's to not your it. fault. Not <laughs> at all. It's our problem. own fault. It's our choices. The uh, so I want to wrap this up, and, and I want to go to where you hope this will end up. In the, in the ideal world with Candace and Arissa, you've done a Facebook group and you're raising awareness. How does this end in your world? Honestly, in our world, I'm hoping that if we can open up, if we can just open up a few more people's eyes to what's actually going on, I'll be happy. I'll be happy if people can start waking up. I don't think that it's a very bright future for healthcare workers that have chosen what we have chosen. And unfortunately, I don't see that future getting brighter. I think that health care will continue to be mandated and 
whether or not you feel you can stick it out, I mean, kudos if you have that option, um, and wait until maybe the sun shines another day. I don't honestly know how long that is. I don't see it being anytime soon. Well, geez, I was hoping for something a little more upbeat. Than that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dave. <laughs> this is a, a dark sector of our lives, unfortunately. I mean, as happy as we might seem and, and all smiles aside, I hold back tears some days knowing what I know and knowing that my family has succumbed to pressure and are on the other side of the fence. I, I have had a good cry or two based on, on what I know. And I can't make choices for people. And, and that's what we've said. We cannot make choices for people. We respect everybody's choice in any circumstance. However, if we can give you information, if you haven't made that choice yet and are being pressured, we can provide information to you to make an educated choice, that w one that you're comfortable with. So on that note, I want to wrap up. I want to say for all of our viewers, all seven of you now, and for the Thank 11 you. who are going to watch the replay, you won't agree with everybody about this stuff. You really won't. So when you go out after the show or next morning and when you go for coffee at Tim Hortons, hopefully... We're not allowed at Tim Hortons. Drive through. Drive through. <laughs> okay, when you go to drive through and you get your coffee and you go to the park and you stay six feet of apart yeah social distancing days <laughs> listen to them and don't argue with them even if they don't agree guys listen absolutely absolutely have a conversation about the vaccine and the covid thing and the deaths and the news on global and the news on cbc and the news on what's the right wing one in canada i know you have one rebel um, news rebel news yes who named that we need it, to start supporting each other yeah Despite our differences, yeah. I, it's literally tearing people apart, and we need to stop. Tearing the country apart. Yeah. 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 We need to support one another. Divide and conquer, Tim. Yep. Divide and conquer. It's okay Amen. to be different, and it's okay to not agree. Yep. Yep. So on that note, stay safe and don't die. <laughs>